Welcome back. We are back in New, New York, York City. City. And welcome back to Nota Bene. It's with a heavy heart, Nate. I want mm. to, um, before we get into the fun stuff, we get some serious stuff to discuss. I really want to apologize um, to everyone, Jesus. to our listeners, uh, to the fans of the pod, to those that have supported us. We made kind of a big mistake, and I'm not sure <laughs> how we can rectify it or put it right, but we're going to try. You know, there was some low-hanging fruit in Miami, a real kind of high, slow what pitch over what the heart it? of the plate. Um, we forgot or neglected to mention, really forgot to mention, that in the booth of the Gagosian Gallery, on both opening day Tuesday and Wednesdays of the fair, there were two different paintings by the young New York-based painter, Anna Wyant, who had never shown with Gagosian Gallery before. Perhaps of note is that Anna has been seen accompanying Larry socially. Uh, some have said that they're romantically involved. I believe that to be true, although I have no proof of it. This is something we certainly should have mentioned and perhaps even mocked, and that's the exact kind of coverage people tune into this podcast right. for, and we didn't do it, and I feel guilty and I, bad, I, I understand Nate that, that I, I personally just don't have anything to say, though. It's, it's just what I wanted to add. To I know, but I just want to just, just solemnly promise to our listeners that we're going to try harder. To right. do better. Did you ask how much it was? Oh, no, of course not. From what I understand, no one really knew what it was. No one that worked there really knew what it cost, how it got there, that it was going to be there. <laughs> it was a surprise to everyone within and outside the Gagosian Institution. Um, perhaps there'll be some reporting down the line on the fine pages I, of I, Vanity I, Fair online. I would read some criminology about exactly what was going on within the organization. I don't think there's a whole lot of criminology. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard about the birds and the bees, Nate Freeman? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. I, you know, obviously, uh, Larry, hero, uh, Anna, um, interesting young painter. Uh, but we really should have mentioned it. It was there. It's everyone was buzzing about it. It was the key gossip. It was really just the kind of shit we cover, and we didn't. There was a lot of stuff in Miami that that escaped our our, our grasp. I guess. I mean, it was just a real fucking shit show of a week. It was. A, it was a real shit show. Yeah, uh, the, and like, I wouldn't say that lightly because you know it. You know, I mean, it's just like one of those, you know, like meaningless words. But honestly, I've never been a part of any week of, of culture quite as bad as that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, and this is no no uh, shade on the various fairs, at least not, you know, Basel, Nada, and, and Untitled. But just like there was never any um, uh, any ballast to the week. I never knew where the kind of like where the balance was or where, where, where things were heading. I mean, part of it was just I've never sat in so much traffic in my life. Yeah, yeah. It really put a damper, like the whole NFT bro thing, like added a weird edge, like mm -hmm. all these parties co-sponsored by, you know, Bathing Ape or whatever the fuck the NFT is. Monkeys, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> close. That was sure. close. But uh, I'm not even going to correct you because, you know, we're moving on. Yeah, I mean, even Tolga's party was, like, different. It started at 10 p.m. Sorry, Tolga, that I missed it. It was I mean, really it nice. Was... It, was, it, was, it was more of a Casa uh, Dragones party. I think we might have mm -hmm. mentioned it briefly on the pod the other day. I can't honestly remember. Um, but, yeah, I... it wasn't the same. It just didn't feel like it had a lot of the same things. What, I mean, it had the things like the fair. They're the same and, obviously, Crab Night. Although, even that was a little bit different, this go-around. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, adding the NFT element. I guess to some extent, adding COVID into it, adding the insane amounts of traffic that were even crazier than usual. I think it just just made it harder to do your normal Miami Basel. I guess um, is what you're saying. Yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't feel normal. And you know, I I I, I checked in with a couple of the young guys, uh, and and 
and gals that are kind of like art advisor or whatnot, and like th- some people that had never been to Miami before, and they had terrible times. They're really? like, why do you, why do you old people like this and keep doing this? I know. I, I I've heard a lot of people like having like reverse FOMO who were there and been like. Thank fucking God I wasn't there. And I'm like, well, you know. Some of that's a little self-protective. You know, I know what I mean? I know, I, I know. You know. Look, when I was having a good time, I was having a great time. I, I was working for, like, a majority of the time there, you know, uh, just sort of while all y'all were at the beach or whatnot, I was just, like, at, at in front of a computer. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, got to sit across from Julie Moretto and Kehinde Wiley at a dinner. That was great. I mean, um, was it great, really? It, it was nice. No, Is that great? It was just a three-hour conversation with, with, with artists that were, we were sort of, you know, blocking out the noise. You know, I'll say, I'll say this. Um, as I was scrolling through uh, the gram on Friday uh, from, my, from my bed here in New York City, whatever the, the, the inverse of FOMO was, that's what I had. I was like, oh, thank mm-hmm. God I got out of there when I did. I think um, uh, Alyssa Bennett... Uh, friend of the pod put it best when she wrote this might have been friday or saturday in a tweet if you're still in miami and it's not mandated mandated by your employer you're a necrophile (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean true story you sort of feel like you know you're you're feeding on the dead at a certain point yeah yeah and then that's when all the you know i mean i I love the kids i love the downtown Times square crew but that's when like when they showed up was like thursday friday (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's you know an easy Yes, I mean, I think a lot of people don't really realize that like the fair is happening early in the week and just come down for the weekend. Yeah, I mean, they also don't realize that Alc Monopoly isn't showing in the fair. Mm, no, <laughs> although we missed some great talk. Talk about talk about slow fat ones over the plate that we whiffed on. <laughs> Lots of great Alc Monopoly content last week. One of my favorite hate follows on Instagram. I like know. certainly, it, it might even be coming like a not hate follow. I'm not sure. It's confusing me. I need to talk to my therapist about this. Yeah, I mean, friend of the pod and we a deep friend of the pod, Adam Lindemann, has become very close with. Alc Monopoly, it appears. And that is going to be a very interesting Wait, is that true or false? They were hanging out uh, in, in Miami, and I think even maybe in St. Bart's before uh, the whole thing went down. There was a lot of Instagram coverage of Lindemann oh, and, wow. and Alec, and I think Lindemann's mother was there, too. Um, they're, they're bros now, so get ready for, for that show at, at, at the Montauk. Yeah, place. that's pretty special. I mean, um, Alec had a, a big party at uh, an, an Egden Fine Arts. What is that on the corner, kind of just opposite the W Hotel yeah, there? Yeah, I, I is that, saw is some that shit going down that? there. And it, oh, yeah, I don't know what the name of that A custom painted Rolls Royce. Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of that. It's, yeah, at that little nook, like, on the same building as the Satai. Satai. Yeah, it's yeah. basically part of this. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. the, uh, Alec Monopoly is in residence at the Satai. Oh, what a sentence. <laughs> right, right, what do you think? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, but but yeah, Miami. You know, we'll we'll be back in a year. Obviously. Yeah, it's in the rearview mirror. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not mad about it. I might pop down before now and then sure. just to, to warm up, to totally take a dip. Oh yeah, when all the art people are gone. Um, the NFT, like all the coverage of the NFT stuff was gross. I did want to. I think it was. Oh God, now I'm forgetting. I believe it was in uh, the Wall Street Journal. A little kind of like a photo essay of this guy. Um, oh God, I can't read my own handwriting doesn't matter something zoo uh this kind of guy who started off collecting nfts and never been to a basel before did you see this photo essay no, and then it had the journalist take him around the, the fair no it, he seemed like a really sensitive um it was actually interesting coverage he's like oh this stuff is kind of interesting i can see myself buying he didn't say real art but i'll say real art uh <laughs> on his behalf i mean look I, I realize, especially from all the uh, bros in my fucking Twitter mentions, just like reminding me. Thanks, guys. Uh, I realized that there it, was it, NFT it, it stuff. Was, there it was that Kelly Crow in the Wall Street Journal, and it was Felix Zoo. Uh, 
Felix Zhu, part of the NFT crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all these amusing pictures of him might be like, oh, this is actually more interesting than a screensaver. I like it. <laughs> Look, yeah. I mean, Not a direct quote, but you know, you get the you know, <laughs> paraphrasing there, obviously. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, inevitably we're going to have some more crossover, so to speak, um, as, you know, NFT bros like, start to realize that art is real. Uh, and this bubble burst. So um, you had a kind of a banger of a column, really. I mean, s- significantly focusing on the kind of non-art social events, and you know, obviously the the LVMH a launch that we uh, that we spoke about, and kind of the goodbye to Virgil. But what kind of reception did you get to that column? It seemed like it was popping off a bit. Yeah, people seem to really like it. Um, I. Uh, I wasn't really planning on focusing on uh, the Louis Vuitton show, um, even after uh, Virgil's very unexpected and sad passing. Uh, it just happened that, you know, the luxury brands seem to be taking up the most oxygen down in Miami. And I know that there's always fashion stuff going on. Uh, there's always, uh, you know, things popping off in the design district, new to boutiques, whatnot. But this year, it seemed like, uh, you know, the scales had tipped and, and, you know, when you realize that, that LVMH, just LVMH, uh, which is just you know, not the entire luxury you know, industry, it's just not even half of it, they took in 44 billion euros in revenue so far this year. So, like, what they're that, doing... That dwarfs the art market, oh I believe, God, does it not? Yes. <laughs> By so, so much. So if they decide to, to, to stage their biggest Louis Vuitton show ever... It's gonna be a bigger deal than the art fair, you know. It's just like these are just like logistics here. No, I liked it. I mean, I thought the pendulum had been swinging away from those sort of events in the past few years pre-pandemic, but that was clearly the focus of the energy mm-hmm. this past week was everything kind of going on outside the convention center in a certain sense, right? Um, and it seemed like that's also the perfect angle for the Vanity Fair audience. Sure, yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they don't want to hear a roundup of like your ten favorite booths. No, 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 top no. five sales like, as I reported mean, by the people who sold them in a totally non-transparent exactly. market. Vanity Fair readers don't want to hear that. I frankly don't want to. I don't, I don't really care. Well, I mean, you I, know? I consider myself a Vanity <laughs> yeah, Fair reader. Exactly. Right, right, right. I mean, like, look, like it's just it's way more interesting to look at the actual dynamics of what's going on in Miami rather than just like you know listing off some some you know numbers of what pre-sold weeks ago in a booth. So like. On that level, like, yeah, like, that's why I kind of focused on that. But also just, you know, it was really fascinating to see the art world in that context because there were so many people, you know, who you would consider art world people, like, being subsumed by this this fashion bonanza and really giving into it. Uh, and um, I mean, the amount of A-list gallery owners, principals mm-hmm. that you mentioned that left the fair, yeah. presumably not even halfway through the opening mm-hmm. day to go out to the LVMH, because yeah. uh, one uh, presumes that more of their clients were there than necessarily in the convention center. Totally. I mean, like, like think about who's buying millions of dollars of, of Louis Vuitton every year. It's the same people who are, are buying, you know, stuff from the pace booth, stuff from the Parotam booth. You know? <laughs> you know? well, those two particular selections certainly tell us something about the crossover client of mm-hmm. LVMH and the art world. But right. you know, um, and and honestly, like the show was really, really beautiful and spectacular. Yeah, no, I mean we, was, t- we, was, we talked about it the other I day. Know, we I just wanted yeah. to know if you'd gotten a lot of like yeah. positive, negative feedback. Kind of what was the vibe from what people? Everyone were loves the column except for people trying to make money off NFTs, and they were pissed that I didn't mention them. So oh, did, like, you get, did you get some some bro heat on the Twitter? I missed yeah, it. Yeah, like sorry, I'm not fluffing in your bank accounts bros like like you know like, drop go. a couple tokens in your pocket and see how things might change <laughs> you know there are other out- outlets that are doing that just fine so you know if i didn't do it to your liking you know 
go every elsewhere. other you know I was, I was speaking with a mutual friend about this you know i actually think the nft stuff was a little bit overblown i think there was actually tons especially on the second and third day when I, w- I had to go back to the convention center to see the big business was happening that's when places like the namad booth were still busy that maybe mm-hmm. weren't busy in the first opening hours and see quietly consummating deals of like kind of older collectors yep. dropping a few million dollars on a basket work on paper which i think i saw it in front of my eyes somewhere mm-hmm. um and I think that actually, in terms of like, uh, in, in terms of art versus MFT, was actually like the art is still the thing that's moving, moving the needle. Oh yeah. But you know, the NFT thing is new, and it's easy to make it seem bigger than it is. And journalists love, not you, Nate, but most journalists love any news story. This notion that there's a change, a sea I change. I know, I know. So and it writes itself, and it's the easy, low hanging fruit for these it, people. It does, I know. And I obviously acknowledge in the column, and I actually end with a conversation between myself and people, which I really enjoyed. And people, Mike Wiggleman, great guy. Really great guy. We had a great conversation. He's really smart. You He's, people and yeah. and Diplo just fucking West linking is, West and is a close building. personal friend of mine. I, I know he is. I know he is. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely seen him return your texts. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I know. I'm not. That was yeah. not. That was no shade. That was absolute <laughs> truth. Absolute truth. Yeah. Um, this we can talk about all, all pod if you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should get him on. We should yeah, get him we on. We should get West in the pod. Um, Good call. Uh, before we get into more art stuff, I do want to mention. You know. Uh, I've, I've explained to you that you have a lot of power and with that power comes great responsibility. Part of the responsibility is not blowing out parties at twist, but also, you know, we've, I think it, as this actually falls on both of us. Um, you know, we've been big promo- proponents of the Ben Woman's Bar. Uh, I have for many years as a, as of you, um, one of my favorite places in New York to grab a cocktail, obviously in the lobby of the Carlisle Hotel. It's a sophisticated place, mm-hmm. a place you get dressed up to go, just kind of slip in, have a drink, maybe two. It's not a place you linger all night, I don't think. Um, you know, pop over after an opening uh, over at the uh, Gagosian building on Madison. Um, you know, a sophisticated place, kind of see people. Yep, yep. Easy. Uh, the Post, and uh, it started with the style section a couple Sundays ago, and then the Post mentioned that, I guess it's been a bit overrun over there with the generation, what are we calling this generation, Z? Yeah, I mean... The TikTokers. The, the thing is, I started to notice this maybe a few months ago, uh, you know, when they started to open like without reservations because they were for a while reservation only um you know i would pop in before an opening and it would be way more crowded than it usually was at 5 p.m used to always be able to pop in there and grab a drink in the afternoon early evening it you know and then uh friend of the pod and potter himself chris black went on a tangent on on how long gone about how crazed it was on a Saturday at like 3 p.m., which I also thought was a little strange. Saturday, sure, but it was early. Yeah, but also that guy doesn't drink. What is he doing? Uh, I Look, mean, nor do I, but what is, you know, what are cr- these fashion adjacent people doing uptown? Stay the fuck below 14th Street, man. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Nothing more but, embarrassing than trying to bribe a bar, bribe just, a bouncer and it not working. But by the time ADA rolled around, I went with friend of the pot, Dan Oglander, to get a drink, and it was literally four deep with fucking, like, you know, 22 year olds like like just like dressed in like dumb outfits and shit so like by then it was really over and then the style story hit so like it's, it's and then been, subsequently a post which kind of had some old timers from mm-hmm. I mean older yes. than us old timers the you post know. story is really great yeah, the post story was, it was actually an archetype of great post journalism mm-hmm. it's exactly what they do so well yeah exactly build a straw man I, and tear know, it down I know some people on Twitter think that just because I was calling Bellman's the greatest bar on planet earth repeatedly in my column for the last year which I was you know, and because we talked about it a lot on the pod, especially in the no, context I think, of the I think call. you're a little bit to blame. I think we are, collectively. Maybe. Collectively. I mean, you know, I when they reopened, I went with Foster Kamer, who wrote an incredible story about uh, Bevelman's during lockdown for yep. um, New York Magazine. Um, and he, like myself, is just like a, a, a ride-or-die 
uh, Bemhead. And um, we just, you know, we sat with the publicist who, uh, the Carlisle publicist, who is a really, really wonderful, special person. She's very good at her job. Um, I'm not sure if this is what she had in mind um, for, 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 but... I'm glad. Um, I'm glad they're doing they're doing business because yeah. you know some of those bartenders. You know that's a long those those, those people are bartenders there for years and years mm-hmm. and and the and the musicians, the pianists, etc. And obviously they had no income during you know almost right. eighteen months. So I'm happy that it's busy and they're making money. But you know part of what made Bellman so special is that without it being a private club and without it having a door policy. It kept the kind of riffraff out, and now the riffraff has arrived. Right. Um, and that's a bit of a shame. I just think the institution of a proper dress code would do wonders. That would definitely help. And, you know, maybe they could consider going back to reservation only. I'm having a drink tonight at Temple Bar, which, you know, has just reopened. Um, Bellman South, some are calling Exactly. It. So, like, that was always the idea that it was the downtown Bellman's. And what they're doing is you have to get uh, a table on resi or a bar seat on resi. Uh, you can't walk in. And, you know, it's a little annoying if you just want to drop in. And but, get a we drink, a, but we have a guy we can text, though, right? <laughs> okay, just, just making sure. All right. Maybe not after I blow up their spot, too, huh? Well, right. I think they're still looking for it to get blown up. Right. Hence them co hosting parties with you. Yeah. Okay, um, that's that's all I have on the bell this thing. <laughs> okay, that's, 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 that's the end of my that's the end of my rant. Um, uh, I, I, a rant that you, you encourage us to go on though is um, art news, uh, which I believe no art review, art review. Excuse me, which I believe is a printed publication of some sort. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is that is. I've correct. never actually seen it, but I know that it exists in some mm-hmm. form. And I guess every year they publish a Power One Hundred list. Um, yes, they do. Uh, you have more details on it. I did a quick scan. It's kind of a ridiculous thing. Why don't you tell the people about it? Well, I mean, for years they would do this this power list. Power lists are inherently stupid, as we all know. Like they're made up, but, but great for circulation yeah, and clicks, totally. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. But like you know, if you do it right, the Art News Top 200 Collectors list, while it's not ranked, um, I worked at Art News for a number of years, and and there's a lot of research and reporting that goes into that collectors list. Like you go and interview a ton of people, and like. You know, you really take seriously whether someone should be left off the list or put or added to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, uh, if you don't put in all that 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 you know reporting and hard work, it just like comes off as fucking ridiculous. Like a power list. This doesn't make any sense. Like, like who who's deciding? Like, like like who are these people? No, it was like a decaf fueled brainstorming session. Exactly. Like. Yeah. So. You know, the art review powerless was always a little like, hmm, this is kind of arbitrary, but at least they stuck to like the art world and like it kind of resembled who was actually powerful, right? Um, whereas now it's just like patently ridiculous. <laughs> like, and number one is is NFT, right? Just okay. the entity, just the, the just entire the technological concept of a non fungible token. And then, you know, you have a bunch of artists who like, you know, sure, Theaster Gates on Imhoff. Do they, they, well, mean, sure. Do they, Listen, I, I'm, a, I'm actually a big fan of Anna M. Hoff's sure, work. Sure, me too. Does she I have pla- power? I placed it in collections. Um, no, I'd say she's one of the least <laughs> yeah. powerful cultural producers I know. Exactly. It's just like, what like what are you trying to accomplish with a list like this? Like, like are you just naming people who like people are talking about? Like, because then it's like, what? It's, it's like I think a it's list. just an SEO kind of like fueled thing, like just the terms and search phrases. I mean, they probably just want us to get angry about it on the podcast. So, like, you know, like yeah, we should you, accomplish. you can't click on it from the podcast though. Advertisers aren't going to get any dollars. The thing True. that stuck out to me as I dug down uh, based on your vitriolic take the other night was that last year, um, twenty twenty, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement was ranked as number one, mm-hmm. and you could I, you can make an argument for that in terms of you know um, cultural representation within the fine arts sphere. Uh, yeah. 
this year, the BLM movement was unranked. They went from one to non-existent, which right. I think it, it, that in itself typifies how ridiculous the list is. Who is the actual real most powerful person in the art world? I was I was trying to think myself. I mean, like right now, you can make an argument for like Ken Griffin, who can literally buy anything. Yeah, like isn't that like you know power? Like he, like you know a collective of like millions of people teamed up to buy the Constitution, and he just stepped in and bought it himself. Yeah, there's an argument to be made for him or any number of other you know mm-hmm. billionaire collector class. Yeah, I mean um, like any. Any, you know, royal in the Middle East who can buy literally anything, right? Yeah, and there's five or six curators still that, you know, mm-hmm. they'd even just, they're, they're, they're Instagramming a show on their on the grid, you I know? I think owning an auction house might give you a little bit of power. Don't uh, see those guys on there. Of, I mean, if you have, what if you have an auction house and a private museum? Yeah, <laughs> multiple private museums <laughs> I feel all like, I feel like that, that's good for some genius, yeah. right? Probably more so. so than NFTs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. What do, what do I know? I'm just a mocker in this game, my right. friend. Yeah, or if you're fucking Gerhard Richter's, like, you know, like... Yeah, you know, no, like, listen, Gerhard Richter has way more power than that. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. And even the Astro Gates, even though he has a very, know. you know, socially engaged practice, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to shit any of the actual artists on the list, but it was it was ridiculous. I mean, yeah. Well, just to fuck it, just put Alec Monopoly on there. More more people, <laughs> there's probably more Google results for him than, than Gerhard Richter. Like, <laughs> I would put Alec Monopoly in it, like, 100, just to, like, like just... I, th- I think pot. I sent you this, a uh, picture, you know, he has, there's some Alec Monopoly designed swim, swim trunks available. Let's I go. think for ne- for next Miami, you and I need a matching pair for certain. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, I, I can't believe we didn't get to hang out with him. I told you James and I hung out with him once in London. It was fucking lit. I don't remember you telling this. I'm sure you did. At at the Chiltern, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. Like, yeah. during Freeze Week at the Chiltern? Yeah, we were, like, starstruck. <laughs> James especially, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> He's a big fan, I hear. He's been placing a lot of that work in some important mid- Midwestern collections. <laughs> Jesus, sorry, James. <laughs> um, I, 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 I got turned on today because a friend of the pod, uh, Pascal Kontrovkovich, uh, in conjunction with Gagosian, is uh, curating a film series mm-hmm. at the Metrograph. Yeah, very cool. And it has spanning from the motherfucking Goonies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to Wings of Desire. I know. Two really fantastic cool. films, one of which I'm willing to sit through in the movie theater again, one of which I'm not. <laughs> TBH. <laughs> I'll leave it up to the audience to guess which is which there. Um, <laughs> and maybe this Shout out Vim Vendors. And trying to figure out if my son, who turned seven or not, would be traumatized by watching the Goonies live in the theater, or if oh, it would just blow it. his mind. Oh, he'll, it will blow his mind. It's, it's I the, think I saw the, the Goonies it's, at it's seven. It's the blender scene that I was thinking might, oh, might be right, a little yeah, problematic, true, right? True, um, Or the, the, the skeleton thing. I don't know. I was traumatized by it, but also, like, I mean, the whole, I mean, it's great. I mean, yeah. he might just absolutely love it. it. I should probably just do it. Like, I can afford the therapy bills, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do it. <laughs> For sure. Um, I, w- I want to give a speaking of I want to give a shout out to a friend of the pod, uh, Annie Burns, for uh, mm-hmm. sending all this equipment down in the Uber this afternoon. Since I wow, I, actually, I, Annie. I, I usually oh, FedEx God. the uh, the equipment back and forth when I travel, but I, I popped it in the Ramoa and uh, yeah, and left it at home. And then I was like, oh uh, shit, Nate's on his way. Wow, that is just huge, um, huge. What else is going on? I got I got a busy social schedule. Going to see uh, the seven year old birthday party I threw on Saturday, and get wow. the actual birthday tomorrow. Just you know, I'm in it. I'm in it, man. I mean, you know, we got holiday parties. A lot of holiday parties coming up. That's like really, the first year that's, of that's of, uh, uh, of non uh, COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, is there some art stuff going on? I guess so. It's kind of winding down. I, I want to see like this Wade Guidance down. show at Rena Spalling. 100% wish I'd gone to see that. I guess I it know. opened yesterday. Probably? There's a Lutz Bacher show opening at. Uh, 
Daniel Buchholz. I'm sorry, uh, I, was, I was sleeping. What, what happened? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> People care about this, man. No one cares. Okay, fine. So, sorry, sorry, Daniel. Um, uh, but that's basically it. I think that the art world is essentially... Uh, Dude, it's all about, it's all about getting invoices paid at this point. Mm-hmm. Or not, because I'd frankly rather most of that income hit in 22, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you using this podcast for? What? <laughs> I'm just saying, please, you know, I'd, I'd much prefer the income actually hit my account in 22. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay taxes on eventually, I promise. But, you mm-hmm. know, I'd rather not pay them this coming April. Yeah, I haven't gotten invites to the big gallery holiday parties. I'm not, maybe they're just not happening. Uh, you know, this year, there's a, like you know, with COVID and everything. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I really miss uh, uh, a certain German American gallerist holiday party yes, uh, in the East Village of, every year. I was thinking of that one, um, yeah. and it's been a while, and it's always fun. Either I either I got dropped off the list, possible, um, or uh, uh, or I just think it's probably not happening. I think it's just not happening. Um, anything fun? Um, I mean, where are we eating out this week, Nate? Same ooh, old places. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to Dr. Clark tonight. Um, Wednesday, a very special thing is happening that I honestly I can't even blow up the spot on this one because I'll get in trouble. But I can report on it next pod. Okay, thanks for the blue balls. That's sorry, cool. sorry. Um, I guess that's all I got. It's a, it's a quick little pod. We'll be back later this week with mm-hmm. a special guest that we haven't determined yet, but they're going to be special. They're gonna be really special. <laughs> they're going to be amazing. <laughs> okay, no to Vene out. No to Vene out.